أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد والخطبة فيها واجبة قبل الصلاة the khutbah in, uh, in the day of Jumu'ah is wajiba, uh, and the mustalah of this book, the technical vocabulary of this book, it kind of confuses the word wajib in certain places. So there's something that, that, that Ibn Abi Zayd calls sunnah wajiba, which is sunnah mu'akkada, which is that thing that the Prophet wasallam. Uh, only exceptionally left or never left during his lifetime and so it's a type of sunnah that it's from bad character to leave but it's technically not a sin um, but here he uses the word wajib in a more uh, in a more traditional sense meaning that thing if you do it it's it's uh, um, you'll get reward and if you don't do it it's a sin and when describing a part of an act Wajib is synonymous with rukun. Rukun is that thing that if you don't do it, the entire, the entire deed itself is invalid. So, if you pray two rakahs without, without the uh, the khutbah, it's not valid. Um, now, one of the things that because the fiqh, you know, it's not taken in a vacuum. One of the things that annoys the living daylights out of me, which for the life of me, I can't understand why people do it, is there are many places where they'll have the khutbah before the zawal time, before the time the prayer comes in. Oftentimes I'm asked to give khutbah in places like that. All I'll do, I'll just stand up and I'll just give the talk. And then I will literally look at my watch until the moment that the zawal is done. And then I'll make the intention, in alhamdulillahi min ahmadu wa nasta'inu, etc. Even if I only have to read the khutbah for like, you know, literally 45 seconds. But, uh, you know, people will be very disappointed Yom Al-Qiyamah when the, their Jum'ah is valid, unlike the other weeks, and they'll say, this Hamza pulled a fast one on us. And people oftentimes say, oh, well, in the Hanbali Madhab, it's valid. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's valid, but, uh, you know, um, you know, you're not going to do any of that either, right? Uh, and that has to do with the idea that fiqh is not the entire deen. It's a part of the deen. It's integrated with the entire deen, but it in and of itself is not the entire deen. And Allah Ta'ala sees your deeds and sees what you do and why you do it and how you do it. And you know it's a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, but because you're afraid of upsetting some white people at work or black people or whatever else type of people at work, you're not going to like tell them like, oh yeah, the time changes uh, or whatever. Or you, you know, And that's one interesting thing that the, the, the system of having the bayan and the khutbah separate, there's a lot of hikmah in it. And one of the hikmahs in it is also that way you can keep the the the, the Jum'ah time, you know, the same throughout the year. But, uh, you know, people just don't want to listen to stuff like this. So, uh, you know, things have to go on. But uh, my suggestion to whoever is listening, uh, present and at home, if there's a place where the khutbah is is uh, before the zawal, especially places where have, they have multiple khutbahs, usually they'll do that. Um, the first khutbah is n- not valid. The second khutbah is the is the first one. So just attend the second one. And uh, you know, you say, "What are you saying, Sheikh? You don't accept the Hanbali Madhab?" Well, obviously, we accept that it might be correct, um, 
but even even Imam Ahmad himself, I don't think anyone will ascribe to him the idea that you should pray regularly without any reason the khutbah before the zawal every week that there's a re- you know without any reason to do that any particularly strong or or useful reason according to shari definition so the khutbah is part of the salat if the khutbah starts before the the time for the salat starts then uh, um, then then you know i suggest you go somewhere else or you go to the second the second salat واجبة قبل الصلاة يتوكأ الإمام على قوس وعصا. It's a sunnah to for the imam to to uh, um, keep his hands firm on and lean, but not a whole bunch, just a slightly lean on a on a bow or on a staff, or safe uh, or on a sword. Uh, and uh, this is why this is because Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam did it, and this is because the Khulafa Rashidun, uh, radiyallahu taala anhum, they did it as well. Uh, and uh, 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 the ulama have difference of opinion with regards to the hikmah and why why it is like this. Um, the First reason people usually say is because it is a sunnah that the khutbah be delivered with heba and waqar, that the khutbah should be delivered with uh, a certain type of dignity and a certain type of gravity. So you're not supposed to be like Nikita Khrushchev. You take your shoe off and start banging it on the table and like start gesticulating and you know uh, being super dramatic and whatever. Uh, rather, you should deliver it with calmness. And with seriousness and with gravity, and the people should listen. Um, oftentimes, people are not very good at listening. This is another issue. People will like they they'll be real super, uh, you know, smart about everything, and so they'll take out their their phone and start taking notes during the khutbah. You can't do that. You can do that if there's a it's a ban like that's separate than the khutbah. You can't actually the ritual khutbah. You can't do that. That's haram. It's a sin. So well, what if I want to like whatever? Then just re- put your phone on record, and then you can take notes later. Uh, or you know, this is a, a strange concept. Mahin, what do you think about it? I have an idea. What do you think about it? Idea. I have an idea. Instead of any of that stuff, you could just listen. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they used to do in the old days. That was the, That's the. That's the old school notes. Is called listening. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. So anyway, uh, but that you know, people do all kind of weird stuff while the the khutbah is happening. You should what you should do is focus on the on the imam. So much so that there's a difference of opinion that the the, the listeners, the the that during the khutbah they should be focused on the imam. And there's a difference of opinion. The first row should they face the qibla or should they face the imam? The first row people should they face the the khatib or should they face the qibla? Um, and, and there's a difference of opinion. Otherwise, everybody else, they should actually not, they should, if you're at the end of the masjid, you should actually not face the qibla during the khutbah, you should face the imam. And uh, uh, this is one of the tafasir that qur'i al-Qur'an fastami'u wa ansitu lahu. When the Qur'an is being read, then listen to it and be silent for it. And uh, 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 you know, one of the meanings is uh, the the salat and the khutbah, because the Quran is read in both of them. 
uh, and so a person should not a person should not do anything except for listen one of the annoying things is the most annoying things is people don't listen and what's even more annoying than that is that they don't have the children listen either look if your child is a minor it's not wajib for you to bring them to the masjid if you have to bring them to the masjid it is wajib on you to keep them in your control because any distraction or annoyance they cause other people it's going to be a sin on your head and now someone's going to say oh my god sheikh what are you like saying we should not have children and are you like this mean guy who's no bring your children if you want to just keep them under control the best that you can and teach them teach them the adab and the etiquettes of the masjid right sit with them in the back don't just come up front and be mashallah abu abu you know whatever abu khalid and you're you're uh, 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 you know super pious pietist out in the first off having your spiritual experience and then in the back Khalid is, you know, like whatever, throwing masahif on the floor or whatever. I mean, this annoys the living snot out of me. They have People will let their kids run roughshod. They'll jump up into the mihrab in front of the imam. They'll jump up and they'll start, they'll get up and climb up on the mimbar. They'll, ride on, they'll walk on the, 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 the racks that have the masahif inside of them. You know what? Bring your kid with you to work and do that over there. Have them run into your boss's office and have him do, climb up on your boss's desk. Okay, take them to the bank and then have them run into the vault. Okay, unless you worship those things. If you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you wouldn't let them do that over there, then don't let them do it in the masjid. I mean, it's one thing, someone tries their best and then something happens. People should have patience about that. So that's why I'm not like ribbing out a specific person in a specific circumstance because things happen, you can't control them. But in general, if you're going to bring them there and like just not mind about that, um, that's a that's a aqidah problem. That's not that's not even if that's the aqidah problem is worse than the fiqh issue. The fact that you know if you said like bring him to work, oh no no, no I'll get fired, and but bring him to the masjid, no brother, the brother the children need to yani learn something. No, it's you're not learning. You're teaching them. You're teaching them to disrespect the deen when you do stuff like that. Um, the best thing is what take your kid, sit down in the in the in the saf in the back, you know, and like just tell them okay this is what we do here, this is what we do there. Calm them down. If they run off in the middle of Salat, obviously you can't do anything about it. But, you know, if you're not doing your best, then, then whatever else happens is on your head. If you're doing your best, the rest of it is going to be forgiven. Inshallah. Um, and, and, and that's for the kids who are small. They're like the, the ones that are like, you know, too young to uh, understand or whatever. Now you have, mashallah, kids will come to the masjid, their parents will be sitting in the saf, and they're like literally like in the back leaning against the wall. Now, uh, uh, you know, there are certain masajid, you know, there are certain states, entire states, there's no ulama in them. Or there may be some people who have some ilm and they, they choose to, like, mashallah, hide what, what Allah Ta'ala taught them and what the Rasul Sallallahu taught them from people for some hikmah, whatever. Maybe there's a hikmah, maybe there's not, for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, so you can't just yell at everybody all the time about everything. But this is a fit class. Uh, so whoever is listening, for the sake of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, if you're grown kids, right? You're grown. Uh, you're grown kids doesn't mean like 30 and has a, a you know a job and has just moved out like last week, which is unfortunately what grown kids are for for us now. It means if you have a boy or a girl who's reached the age of puberty, um, it's dumb enough that someone would give their child, their uh, you know a boy like a teenage boy a phone. Uh, Anyway, but like if they're they can't get done with their phone in the in the khutbah, 
if they are still sitting back against the wall in the khutbah and you're saying, oh, hikmah, hikmah, hikmah. There's no hikmah at that time. And this part has, this has to do part of, partially with the theory of like how you make tarbiyah of people, right? Rasulullah not everything was positive, not everything was negative, right? Uh, so if somebody, all they do is just slam on people and dog on people, you notice there's an imbalance in that person. And then on the flip side, if all they do is just, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, say, say positive, happy thoughts, and uh, a very kumbayistic uh, uh, approach toward tarbiyah, there's something wrong with that as well. Um, and so there's a theory, though. It's not like 50-50, okay? I said five nice things, and I have to say five mean things, right? It's not like that. There's a theory between what, you know, what time do you use uh, targhib encouragement, and what time do you use targhib, uh, you use uh, 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 deterrence and... and, and uh, uh, you know, negative, uh, negative type tarbiyah. Uh, uh, and the idea is when a person is strong, when a person is, is uh, 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 able to take it, when a person is uh, going to benefit from the tarheeb, then you should use, you should, you should not hold back from using, uh, uh, using discipline. On the flip side, if you're disciplining a kid, like there's a kid just like, mashallah, not a super speedy learner, and just got yelled at like 15 times, and like also his cat died today, and so he's kind of bummed out anyway, and he just got a new lesson. At that point, yelling at them is not going to help. You can yell at them, but you're not going to get any positivity out of it, right? Um, however, on the you know on the flip side, there are some you know some people who. And this is one of the things, like, I've run this before in different places. Like, you have youth halakat. Um, a kid from the age of, from the age of, like, 7 to, like, 14, 15, 16. At that age, like, adults, even if the kids are acting like a total bunch of punks, they still have the, the respect for adults in, front, in them. And you can yell at them, and they can kick and scream and cry and say, I hate you and whatever. But whatever you tell them, that's that's what's going to go into their heart. And when they turn around and decide, okay, I'm not going to act like a kid anymore, they'll remember all the things you say, and that's what's that's all they're going to remember. And that's one of the strange things is that actually that that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Because it's a bad thing when uh, um, people tell them bogus type stuff. Then you have like 30, 35-year-old people like, you know, thinking like, okay, it's part of piety to hate Jews because my uncle hates Jews. No, that's not something that the dean teaches or it's like part of piety to like whatever like uh i heard a story in like in my village back home that like a girl like uh was caught you know holding hands with the boy she's you know from a different tribe and so they like murdered her and that's honor killing and that's that's what we do as muslims you know weird people like will become educated and they'll har harbor these things inside of their hearts i actually think that's one of the reasons that isis actually is like still around is because like stupid people who have no uh, tarbiyah about the deen, um, they somehow have some sort of like nostalgic memory about something or another, you know, someone glorifying violence when they shouldn't have. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what they're holding on to. And it's the same reason that like dudes that we went to high school with that like were very nice to us. All of them ended up like, mashallah, like secretly like supporting KKK candidates and things like that. It's why, because you put something in someone's head, it just sits there until, you know, someone cleans it out or unless that person is lucky enough to have been told the right thing at the right time. That's the whole idea with the Risala itself. It's written for nine-year-old kids because the idea, he said that. He said if you teach a kid the right thing the first time, it's easy. If you have to then deprogram all the garbage that's inside of his head afterward, then it's very difficult. 
So, uh, you know, with regards to the khutbah, the khutbah is so short, mashallah. So many times you have like different people from different uh, faiths come in, and you know what they all say? Look, that was awesome, man. In my Greek Orthodox Church, I had to listen to service of Kyrie in Greek for like two hours, three hours straight, you know? And like if we moved, our parents would like smack us, you know? Or, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in the synagogue or whatever, and like the, the guy's blowing the horn. Man, those dudes who blow the shofar, they, they have really long breath. They, it's amazing. All these things take a really long time and they have to just sit and listen, you know? Whereas the sunnah is for the khutbah, is it for it to be short or long? The sunnah is for actually to be short. Uh, and uh, if, you're not, if you're not a person of learning, uh, then you really shouldn't be giving a very long khutbah. And if you are a person of learning and your learning is making you give a long khutbah, then you should like go back and like read your books again because whatever. So the khutbah is, and it's short at any rate, you know, if it's 35 minutes or 25 minutes or 15 minutes, it's not really all that much difference. It's not like three, four hours. So the kids, mashallah, they should, you know, it's okay. You know, they're not, they're not morons. You know, expect them to behave like adults and they'll behave like adults. Will they screw up once or twice? Yeah. But like mashallah, like in Rockford, for example, where I was imam for you know, a little, a little while, uh, uh, you know, they knew, they knew I'm going to call them out. I'm going to call them out if I, I will stop the khutbah until they come and sit in the, and I'll say that, I'll be like, you, your name, your name, your name. I said, come sit in the saf with the Muslims. Huh? So come sit in the saf with the Muslims. And then they'll be like, well, what does that mean? What does that make me? They'll just get up and they'll come sit down, mashallah. And uh, you know, what's really funny, their parents get upset, but they're not upset. Their parents will get upset because it's it's like why are they upset? Like, oh look, you just, you know, you, you they're not like oh you taught taught my child the sunnah. They're like oh look, why are you calling me out? You know, and it's like okay look, you had a chance to like do this the easy way. Now you're doing it the hard way. But the thing is solved now, alhamdulillah. And the funny thing is with kids, like I said, they're looking for they're looking for someone to respect anyway. When the person is old, right, then don't call them out like that because they'll hate you forever because the nafs has reached a level of, of takabur and a le- level of, of arrogance that like now it's, no, it's like immune to learning things, you know. إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ رَبُّهُ Except for very few people who Allah has a very special rahmah on them that, 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 they, that they don't get, they don't become hard like that. Uh, but the kids, mashallah, there's kids I've called them out and and they love you for it. Like at the time, they may even be upset, but afterward, like they'll meet you in such a way that shows so much respect. There was one one kid in Rockford. I ribbed him out so bad, miskin. I felt bad, and people don't believe me. They think I like I do these things for fun. I really felt bad. Later on, I saw that I saw that I saw the kid, mashallah, in a halaqa of ilm. I was so happy. I was so happy, mashallah. And I I went and met him. I gave him twenty bucks. And he's, he's like, do you even know who I am? I go, I know exactly who you are. And uh, I said, do you remember that one day I, 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 uh, uh, I, I totally like yelled at you so bad in front of everyone? He's like, of course. <laughs> I, go, I, go, I go, you know how angry I was with you that day? I go, I'm even more proud of you today. Mashallah. And so they, they know that. They know that you're not whatever. You're, you're. So the problem is the person who doesn't care for the kids is not the one who doesn't say anything to them. And says, "Oh, do what you want." The person who doesn't care for the kids, the one who's who, the the one who doesn't care for the kids, is the one who doesn't, you know, make their islah in the first place. You're ignoring them. You do your thing. I do my thing. It's like New York City. Someone's getting mugged. You just walk right by them. That's that's nonsense. That's not that's not that's not as an ummah. That's not how we roll. So, anyhow, uh, um, 
the the imam so the first thing is the calmness right the first reason for having the the staff or the bow or the spear or the sword or whatever is calmness there's another there's another uh um reason which is uh transmitted in the books but nobody ever talks about uh in in english it seems um which is liyuriya nasa anna al-islam bunya ala al-jihad to show the people that islam is built on struggle to show the people that the Islam that Islam was built on struggle, that all of these things that we have, they didn't have happen except for because people died for them, because people got beaten for them, because people were tortured for them, because people sacrificed, you know, uh, wealth and 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 peace and security and uh, 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 people that they love and things that they love, all of these things. It's through their sacrifices that these things got here. And in fact, uh, it's it's a, a sign of izzah and it's a sign of dignity that Islam is something that transcends this world, that people should see the imam and remember that 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 uh, when he's giving the khutbah, remember the sacrifice by which this deen was brought. If it was a part of this world, nobody would have sacrificed anything for from it, because you don't see you don't see like you know like a a, 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 a lizard is going to like not or a crocodile is not going to eat a you know an animal that's coming near it out of honor or dignity. It's not going to make mujahada. Crocodiles don't fast. Snakes don't fast. Uh, these are angelic acts. Uh, the mujahadat that people do, these are angelic acts. When you think about the shahada, the, the, the martyrdom of the people who died for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, both men and women, it should lift your spirit to think about things on a plane that's, that transcends the plane of just regular people. And uh, uh, um, this is one weird thing that for some reason is like a sunnah completely matruk. It's co- almost completely abandoned in America that you'll not, almost nowhere see an imam have a staff. Almost nowhere. Even though uh, my friend Mufti Abdullah Nana, he tells me that this was the, the, the custom of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, that when they conquered a city, the first khutbah was given with the, sword, the, the scabbard of the sword in the left hand and the sword unsheathed. Uh, uh, and resting on, on, on their two shoulders in the right hand. Why? Is it because Islam is violent? No. You don't build nations, you don't have a population of a billion people out of being like barbaric, uh, you know, barbarically violent. Um, that's something the news might want to tell you, but that math doesn't add up. You can't make civilization like that. Uh, you, can't, uh, you can't run courts like that. You can't run, you know, collect taxes like that. You can't build masajid like that. You can't write poetry like that. There's no Mulana Rumi like that. There's no Hafiz Saadi. There, there's no Hafiz. There's no Saadi. There's no, uh, none of that stuff exists if you're, if you're a barbarian. However, at the same time, Muslims are not punks. And they're not weak-wristed and they're not spineless people. And they're people that when it's time to be strong, they know how to be strong as well. And when it's time to sacrifice, they know how to sacrifice as well. And the reward that they're going to get is not from this alam, it's not from this world. And that's, that's another very powerful and strong reminder of that. So that the people don't become defeatist inside and just like internally collapse. That they have the Mubarak remembrance of the help of Allah Ta'ala that comes to the people who want to do what's right. And who want to do something for His sake. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I feel it's kind of silly that 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 we don't we don't have this uh, sunnah to the point where people don't even know it's a sunnah at all. Uh, I was I was in a masjid, and one of the uncles, he's like, "What's that?" 
And I go, it's a staff, it's a sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu to have a staff when you, get, you know, say the khutbah. He says, ah, next time you should bring shotgun. I said, I'll bring one, but only for you. <laughs> and he laughed, and then, like, after a second, he realized that that was not, that was not, I was saying something not nice to him, but khair. The point is this, is that it's a sunnah of the Prophet of the people before us, they, one thing is to know the reason behind it, and that's the, the, the that's mashallah, that's like nurun ala nur, you know, that's light on light. But just the fact, even if you don't know the reason why it's there, even if it looks peculiar to you and you don't know the reason why it's there, just the fact that you heard it, you know it's a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and you loved it because of that, that's also a reason that a great multitude of people will enter into Jannah and I fear that maybe very few of them will be from, from, from our people. And if that understanding was rectified, then it would be more and it would be, there would be a lot of khair and a lot of barakah in it. ثُمَّ قَالَ يَا بُنَيِّ وَذَلِكَ مِنْ سُنَّتِي فَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي فَقَدْ أَحَبَّنِي وَمَنْ أَحَبَّنِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ And Sayyidina Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to Sayyidina Anas bin Malik رضي الله تعالى عنه Oh my dear son, know that this is from my sunnah and whoever loved my sunnah has loved me. Right? Loving the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not, I'm sorry, and I'm not saying this to be a hater or to even uh, uh, denigrate these things because they're nice things as well, but they're not the sunnah. Being The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is not wearing a sandal pin. The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is not you know, burning expensive oud in, in order to show off in front of one another. The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is not like, you know, you know every like different style of singing the burda. The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is not what? It's not, uh, 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 you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, who has like the bigger molid or whatever. I'm not even saying any of these things are necessarily wrong in their own place or that they don't have some benefit in them. They may have benefit in them. But what's the first, this is one of the parts of faqaha, of, of fiqh is what? Is knowing like the priority, the hierarchy of, of priorities and things, you know? So for example, you know, okay, if a person is married, uh, it's good for the economy. But what's better th- about being married? Is it better that it's good for the economy or it's better that, that it, Allah is pleased with you? Both of them can be true at the same time, but it's part of knowing fiqh is knowing which thing is more important than the other, right? The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, the first in the highest rank of, 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 of sorry, loving the Prophet ﷺ is what? It's in following his sunnah. Afterward, if you wear a nice turban, good for you. I like nice turban just like the next guy. Afterward, if you put on the sandal pin, good for you. I have a number of sandal pins myself, I wear them too. Afterward, if you know, you know, if you're like all into the burda, great. I'll sing it with you as well. No problem. Afterward, if you're into nice oud, inshallah, you know, when I become wealthy, I'll buy expensive oud as well, right? Afterward, if you're into all that stuff, right? That's great. That's all wonderful. Alhamdulillah. Nobody's saying bad about it. But to like, you know, say, oh, we love the Prophet ﷺ, we love the Prophet ﷺ, and then afterward, you're, the, the hem of your pants is dragging in, underneath your ankle, and you run a razor over your face every day, and you, you know, you, you read your farth, but nothing before it and nothing after it, uh, and you like, you know, uh, you know, when you're angry at somebody, you don't forgive them, and you, you know, like all this other stuff, you're, you're, you leave it behind, but then like, mashallah, you feel real spiritual when you put on the whatever, uh, $300 atola uh, product you, that you bought from like whatever some website uh, that's that's kind of bogus it's better than it's it's you know it's better it, if a person does it with love it's better than nothing it's not it's not completely hollow but it's bogus not in maybe not in the heart it's bogus but in terms of like an understanding of the deen it's like a very poor understanding of the deen 
And the person who loves Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the person who has a higher maqam with Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the reciprocation is what? Man yuridillahu bi khayran yufaqihu fi deen. Whoever Allah Ta'ala wishes good for them, He will give him an understanding of the deen. وَمُنْ أُوتِيَ الْحِكْمَةِ فَقَدْ أُوتِيَ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Whoever is given wisdom, Allah Ta'ala has given them great good, a, a, a greater part of, 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 of good. So, you know, anyway, that's good. If, you know, if maybe inshallah nobody will, or very few people who hear this will ever give a khutbah in their life. Right? In the old days we used to have ilm, now we have khutbah workshops, mashallah, so... Uh, it, you know, it, you're like, well, what does it, how come he's like going on a tirade about this? This this is the lesson. Inshallah, next time when you see like a khatib has like a staff, mashallah, just be happy about it. Because you know this is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Even if you didn't understand anything else, if you see it and it's the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, it should make you happy. Uh, even if the guy holding the stick has no idea what he's talking about, it talks <laughs> seven different types of nonsense in like less than seven minutes. But still, you say, at least this is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. As long as this, what, what, what math? Uh, 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 Allah Ta'ala, he says, and if I read the ayah wrong, then just go look it up again, inshallah. But Allah Ta'ala says that, that to the Prophet Wasallam that we, we won't send our, our adab down on them as long as you're amongst them. And we won't send our adab down on them as long as they keep asking for forgiveness. And, uh, you know, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, from the life of this world, he's passed. Um, and he's still alive, but from the life of this world, he's passed. And uh, 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 the, the best thing that we can keep um, amongst us is the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as much as we can, uh, lest, lest uh, uh, the, the, the condition be removed and then the adab of Allah Ta'ala come down on us. Allah Ta'ala be our protection. وَيَجْلِسُ فِي أَوَّلِهَا وَوَسَطِهَا وَتُقَامُ الصَّلَاةُ عِنْدَ فَرَاغِهَا And so a person should be sitting in the beginning part of the, before he starts the khutbah, they should sit. And then between the two khutbahs, he sh- they should also sit. And the Nabi Wasallam would sit and rest for a minute and then he would get up and then he would say more and then he would finish. Uh, uh, in the khutubat of the Prophet Wasallam al-ma'thura, they're not very long. All of the khutubat that are transmitted from the Prophet ﷺ, they're not very long. And this is not because people can't transmit long stuff. There are very long khutubat from other people in the history of Islam that are transmitted. Some of them righteous, some of them unrighteous, some of them weird, some of them funny. Uh, they're transmitted word for word. The khutubat of the Prophet ﷺ, uh, that are transmitted, they're not very long. And even then he would sit, uh, he would sit in the middle of the khutbah. ويصلي الإمام ركعتين يجهر فيهما بالقراءة يقرأ في الأولى بالجمعة ونحوها وفي الثانية بهل أتاك حديث الغاشية ونحوها. So the Imam will then pray two rakahs um, in which he recites out loud, and so this is the babita for which prayer is. Is out loud in which prayer is quiet. The prayers that are out loud are the ones that are um, that are that are uh, between uh, Maghrib and between uh, Subh. And the prayers that are uh, that have a khutbah with them, a ritual khutbah attached to them. So the Eidain, the 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 the, the in the Jumu'ah 
and the night prayers, the, the, the recitation is out loud. The prayers that are quiet are the ones that are from after subh and until the, 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 the time that asr is read. We say until the time asr is read, not the sunset because makruh to pray after asr. Um, but if a person were to pray two rak'ahs after asr, it would be makruh, which means there's no thawab in it. It's not haram, there's no sin in it, but there's no reward in it. But if a person were to like like forget they prayed Asr and they I did that one time. I was in Medina Munawwara like several years ago and I wanted to get into the Roda and I just pray Asr and I'm like, Oh nice, there's a space open in the Roda and then like I, I Allah I takbeared in and I'm like, Ah, dang it <laughs> It's after Asr, that's why nobody's praying in the Roda right now. <laughs> so okay, if that happens to you then you'll recite silently. Uh um and uh, uh, the one exception to that, can you think of the exception? The only, the, the, the silent prayer is the, the two rak'ahs before subh, right? The two rak'ahs before subh, before fajr. Um, those are recited silently, and they're only recited with the fatiha. Although it's transmitted that Rasulullah read also, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهُ الْكَافِرُونَ and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ in them. But if you read a, a surah with them, it should, it's a masnoon for it to be short. And Sayyidah Aisha anha, she uh, narrated that the Prophet ﷺ, those two rak'ahs were so short that, uh, uh, that she wondered if he even ﷺ, read the Fatiha in them. Uh, now, obviously you do read the Fatiha, but Malik's position was that, that you, should, you should just read the Fatiha and nothing else in those two. And it's interesting, people sometimes they want to pray longer and uh, the, there's an occasion for that, which is before the subh comes in, in your tahajjud, if you want to pray longer. Those two rak'ahs are, are masnoon for them to be very light. Um, so at any rate, the imam uh, uh, reads out loud, and he'll read in the beginning uh, Surah Al-Jumu'ah, or something like it in length, and in the second, Hal Ataka Hadith Al-Ghashiyah, or something like it in length. And it's narrated, uh, there's a narration that Rasulullah wasallam read Suratul Jumu'ah and Suratul Munafiqun in, 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 in Jumu'ah. And there's other narration that the Rasul wasallam read Sabbih Isma Rabbika Al-A'la in Suratul Ghashiyah in the second. So what the author, it seems like what he's trying to say is like this is a range for the Masnoon, the Sunnah length of recitation. And uh, uh, there's only a mild preference for reading these surahs. Uh, if a person should read from another part of the Qur'an, there's no haraj in it, except for Malik preferred that people read entire surahs. Uh, and I, I, also, I also think I could see like one of the hikmahs of that is that people who don't know what they're reciting, they don't understand what they're reciting, they start from the most awkward of places and they end in the most awkward of places. Um, maybe if someone understands what they're reciting, like to a certain degree, it's not so bad. But in general, the, the, the complete surah is meant to be read together. It's like a complete topic that starts and finishes, or set, set of topics, a theme that starts and finishes. Um, and that's what the whole point of the surah is. That's what's similar between a short surah like Inna Atayna Kal Kothar and you know, the longer surahs like Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Al-Imran, is that the whole thing, it's like a self-enclosed unit. Um, from the beginning to the end, the, whatever is talked about is treated completely. It's not, it's not uh, left in the middle. And this is one of the most uh, subtle in, and uh, uh, advanced in, and, and uh, highest branches of tafsir is to understand the nazam and the rabt of the Qur'an. 
the Navam is what the order of why what the, the 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 succession of topics are that the Quran talks about, and what the connection from one to the other is. And so I remember I had a a, a, a class in university, um, uh, uh, and the professor who was not a Muslim, he was a nice guy, mashallah, Taayyadi, who and keep him in a good state in this world. Uh, he was a nice person, mashallah, but he wasn't a Muslim and he didn't really. Uh, have much credence in, 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 in these sciences as being sacred. Uh, so he said, the worst thing you can do with the Qur'an is start to, from the beginning and read to the end in order. It was not going to make any sense to you. And the fact of the matter is, probably didn't make any sense to him. But uh, the ulama, mashallah, there's a, lot, there's a lot there actually if a person ponders over it. Um, the, the, the greatest uh, of written works is actually a tafsir written in the Persian language. Uh, by Shah Abdul Aziz, the son of Shah Waliullah rahimullah tabarak wa ta'ala. It's called Tafsir, uh, Tafsir Azizi. Uh, and he basically talks about the, 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 wi- the wisdom and the, 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 the connections between going from ayah to ayah and surah to surah. Um, but the Tafsir Azizi is not a complete work. And uh, um, it, it is in Persian, so it's not accessible to everybody. But there are Arab, you know, Arabic-speaking scholars who, who talked about it, but there's no like separate... You know, uh, really robust and separate treatment that I know about. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. You know, I I haven't read a whole lot, so uh, it may be there. But that's that's one of the highest uh, understandings of 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 the uh, the Quran is to understand the nazam and the rabt of the ayat and the surah. But you're not you know you're not going to get that if you just pick chunks of the surah. So Malik, his preference was in the thought people should read entire surahs when possible. وَيَجِبُ السَّعْيُ إِلَيْهَا عَلَىٰ مَنْ فِي الْمِصْرِ And it is an obligation, like we had mentioned from before, that you should drop everything and go toward the Jumu'ah uh, for whoever's inside the metropolis. وَمَنْ عَلَىٰ ثَلَاثِ أَمْيَالٍ مِنْهُ فَأَقَلَّ So the city limits, anyone who's in the city limits, and anyone who's within three miles from the city limits. And the reason for this is that, uh, that the, the, the custom in Medina was that Rasulullah wasallam, the tribes that were within a certain range, he would require them to come to Jama'ah. And the tribes, the Bedouin tribes that were nomads, but they were further out from the city, um, he wouldn't require them to go. This is something very interesting, actually, because those people in those days, many of them had to walk. Obviously, you're not going to take a car or Uber to Jama'ah, right? So many people will miss Jumu'ah. I mean, you should walk at least, you know, three miles plus however much time, however many miles in the city. So five miles, three, three to five miles to walk to Jumu'ah is the haq of Allah uh, on on a person. So if the masjid is far from you, further than that, okay, you can understand if a person doesn't have a ride or whatever. But that's a lot more than many people are accustomed to walking. Obviously, if somebody is in bad health or whatever, or it's like. Uh, polar vortex outside and things like that. Those are other considerations, but that's a lot of uh, effort. A person, you know, Rasulullah sallallahu used to ask that effort from people to to come to Jama'ah. It's a reasonable amount of effort, so a person should think about exerting that as well, um, and and uh, uh, and understand understand that. وَلَا يَجِبُ عَلَى مُسَافِرٍ وَلَا عَلَى أَهْلِ مِنًا وَلَا عَلَى عَبْدٍ وَلَا مْرَأَةٍ وَلَا سَبِيٍّ وَإِنْ حَضَرَهَا عَبْدٌ وَمْرَأَةٌ فَلْيُصَلِّهَا So the, uh, uh, the people who are exempted from Jumu'ah are those people who are f- more than three miles away from the city limits of a city in which Jumu'ah is established. Um, 
the, another person who's ex- exempted on uh, from Jumu'ah is a Musafir Safar Shara'i, a person who is legally in the ruling of, of being a traveler. Um, that person is not obliged to go to Jumu'ah. Um, and uh, a, a woman is not obliged to go to uh, go to Jumu'ah. And a slave is not obliged to go to Jumu'ah. And children are not obliged to go to Jumu'ah. Um, yes? Three. So, so uh, you know, mashallah, uh, some of the sisters are are in a very enviable position because there are certain places in which the only Juma in town is extremely, extremely horrible fitna to go to, and the khatib talks about all manner of nonsense. And <laughs> the brothers, all they can do to save their iman is try to show up when the when the prayer starts or whatever. Uh, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala help help us all because you can, as a sister, always go to Jumu'ah if the khatib is good. But when he's not, it's very difficult to uh, 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 to to not go in there. There's a moth in your shirt, my friend. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. There's a moth in your shirt. I'm not trying to alarm you or anything, but yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Do I lose my wudu? Huh? Do I lose my wudu? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Alhamdulillah, It reminds me. Maybe that's why I'm like allergic. I'm not allergic to moths. In madrasa, right? In the monsoon season, once the monsoon rains happen, all these weird insects and like strange like animals come out. And some of them, their life cycle is like more than a one year cycle. So every year there's like different insects. And they're really, really weird. Like, I would just at night, we would tease each other, tickle tickle each other, because people think that it's an insect on them. Right. And then sometimes it would be like, you know, like with a stick or something like that, like yeah. real quiet at night. And then sometimes it would be like, hey, stop messing with me with that stick. And it's not a stick. You reach in your shirt and pull out like an insect this big. You're like, ah, get this away from me. <laughs> so, mashallah, this may be, yeah, there, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Yeah, there you go. See, this is this is your share, mashallah. You came with so much love. Allah Ta'ala gave you a little bit of my mother's experience. The moth flew into your shirt. <laughs> mashallah. Um, yeah. So all of these, all of these uh, aforementioned exempted groups, if they show up to, uh, if they show up to Jumu'ah, um, they're allowed to pray. They're allowed to pray the Jumu'ah. Interestingly enough, in the Madhab, because Jumu'ah is not far on them. They can they uh, um, they cannot lead the prayer. Just like a child salat is not farth on them, so the because it's not farth on them, they can't lead the prayer because the niya of the 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 imam has to be equal to the niya of the person behind him or stronger. So just like that, a a a a a traveler that's in the safar shari, or or a uh, um, a woman or a a a, a slave. Uh, or any of these people, they cannot validly lead the the Jumu'ah prayer. Um, and one one very usuli reason, one very like principled reason, is if it's not farth on you, then it's not farth on the, the 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 person behind you. It can't be farth on the person behind you. Like for example, the same reason if someone prayed a prayer, um, then they want to join a second, like prayed it alone, and they want to join a second congregation in order to. Or a congregation that happens afterward, in order to get the reward for the congregation, they can join that congregation, but they can't lead it because the f- prayer is no longer fard on them. They're only getting the sunnah out of it. The fard part is already already done, 
And so this is a this is a usuli issue in usul fiqh that something that's already uh, an obligation that's already been discharged can it be discharged again? And it's as if uh, it can't, or because of the possibility of it not being able to be discharged again, um, making it possible for the person who tries to discharge it again uh, 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 invalidate the the prayer of everyone else behind them. So for that reason, we say that that person doesn't lead the prayer. The exemption for this in the madhab is who? It's the imam. And when we say the imam, we're not talking about the dude that the board doesn't pay well. We're talking about like the sovereign leader of the, the whatever, of the state. The imam has a right to lead Jumu'ah wherever he is. And the imam's uh, authorized representatives, which are two people, governors and judges. And I think there's a khilaf about judges, the qadi. The, the the judge of the state that's uh, that is given that's given the uh, authority to uh, rule on cases. Um, there's those people or the authority to rule on behalf of the imam. Those people as travelers can lead the prayer as well. Obviously, one might ask, well, you came to my city and you led the jamaah prayer. <laughs> okay, there's other madahib too, right? But I, you know, if you're learning Maliki fiqh, this is the this is the this is the thing to learn. Honestly, if I go to a masjid where um, where uh, there is an imam who can say the khutbah, the ritual khutbah, and the, the salat, I ask them to do so. And I'll excuse myself, I'll give the bayan, but I'll, I'll ask them to do so. Uh, that being said, many masajid, they don't even have that much. And if you try to explain all these things to them, it's like, you know, like explaining calculus homework to your kitty cat, you know. No no offense to the kitty, but like it's not going to get it, right? Kitty cats are nice, aren't they? Right? If I was trying to be offensive, I would have said to the dog, right? So I try, I try, try to be nice, mashallah. Um, I, I see some of the audience members are a little offended by my example, but khair. Uh, that's that's that. وَتَكُونُ النِّسَاءُ خَلْفَ الرِّجَالِ وَلَا يَخْرُجُ إِلَيْهَا الشَّابَةُ Oh my goodness, this is everyone's, it's not PC masail here. Um, the women's women, their 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 sufuf, their lines are behind the men's, uh, and uh, a, a woman of exceptional beauty is 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 it's 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 not permissible for, or at least makru if not haram for her to go go to jamaah. Um, what is the what is the, the 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 reason for this is that if a person becomes like a, a you know a fitna and attracts the attention of other people, especially when it's not far for her in the first place then the harm is more than, than the benefit. Now we're going to have all this like, oh my God, this and that and other thing. This is where, by the way, this is where our hardcore, uh, mashallah, mashayikh from the subcontinent, this is where their hikmah comes into play, right? If the reason for, if the reason for a very good-looking woman coming to Jumu'ah, right? If any woman is listening to this, I'm talking about you, mashallah. If there's any ex- reason for the exemption for a good, what's the reason for a good-looking woman uh, coming to Jum'ah being haram? She's going to attract the attention of people. Oh, all of a sudden, all of those like super beard, like uh, old-school Mulanas that put up the curtain between the men and the women's section. At this point, if the curtain is there, is a woman going to be able to attract attention to herself? No. So it, all of a sudden, it becomes okay for them to come to Jum'ah now, doesn't it? There's a wisdom in it. Someone may say, well, the barrier wasn't there during the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Well, during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the women didn't used to come to the masjid except for Isha and for Fajr. And the, the first lamp was put into the masjid of Rasulullah ﷺ by Tamim al-Dari in the seventh year of Hijrah. And even that was such a small light that the men couldn't even see each other, much less the women. 
So, okay, you can be like that. That's wonderful. Sayyidina Umar who in the masjid was more well lit, he used to discourage the, the, the uh, women from coming to the masjid. And they went to say the Aisha to uh, 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 complain, right? She's going she's gonna to take our side, right? Because everybody is like identity politics like America, right? If I'm white, I'm going to complain about white people being oppressed. If I'm black, I'm going to complain about black people being oppressed. If I'm an immigrant, I'm going to complain about immigrants. If I'm, you know, uh, this orientation or that orientation, I'm going to look at everybody, make a calculation, and like push my demographic forward. This is not, this is not insaf. This is not justice, right? So they said, okay, she's going to take our side now. And what did she say? She said, if Rasulullah saw the way you were coming to the masjid, he would have, he would have banned you from coming himself. Okay, not very feminist of her, but you know what? Whatever, right? She, was, she didn't care about that. She just cared about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So now the barrier has some hikmah, there's some wisdom in it. Because no longer is that, that an issue. No longer do the, you know, can someone say to a sister, oh, look how you came to the masjid, it's bad, blah, blah, blah. Say, no, nobody saw me. I didn't cause any problem to anybody. I can come to the masjid the way that I am. Done. It's, 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 it's finished. It's done. Right? Uh, uh, and so, you know, people, I don't know, they have these like kind of cultural or, or political type uh, 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 expectations, you know, it's like they, they say, "Oh, you have to come and assimilate to American culture." What kind of what copy, copy of the Constitution do you have that you can say that to somebody? They made America just so people wouldn't say stupid nonsense like that. America itself was made because all the rejects from Europe that nobody that everybody wanted to pick on and like and like wanted and wanted to hate on them because they weren't like you know conforming with whatever royal monarchical like or like church like norms. They're like. This is ridiculous. I just want to go somewhere. I'll obey the law and pay my taxes. Just people leave me alone, right? Okay, what's your problem if, if there's a barrier in the masjid? Okay, if you build your own masjid, don't make a barrier over there, right? The people who made it, if you had some sort of decency and you had some sort of like respect for another human being, you know that nobody does anything for no reason. Everybody has some reason that they do things for, right? You would say, okay, I, maybe I don't, I, I don't agree with their reason, but this is why they do it. And leave it alone. But there's, there, there is a reason for it. And just the same way the, the dudes who have the barrier in the masjid don't need to roll around and be like, oh, so-and-so masjid, there's no barrier between men and women. They're all like committing zina. No. I've actually heard that, by, by the way, from some people. And I have to say, uh, we have to respect the law of the land. Otherwise, I remember some, some dude said something like that in a car one time, and I felt like pulling him out of his car window and like, whatever. But khair. Uh, so you know, people should. That's one. Ho- hopefully, the, the one good thing about studying is that you ha- you uh, um, expand your mind a little bit and calm down about your ideas that may be legitimate, but they're not as like uh, like amazing as you think they are. Like, yes, ma'am. So when it says wear your best to Juma, it's really talking about men because I always time up out. You supposed to get sharp on. I mean, I come from church, so I'm thinking <laughs> you know you get sharp on Juma Friday. Not you but, but, no, that's for men. It's not for women. But sister, you know, like there are some there are some people who get sharp for church for other reasons as well. I've uh, talked to a lot of people <laughs> who talk about some of the iniquities of looking good in church. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Yes, it is. It is for men. Uh, it, it it is for men. A woman, her te- her zina is for the house. Her beauty is for the house, mm-hmm. and a man, his his beauty is for the outside. But his beauty is not like is different than the beauty of a woman. A man's beauty is in his strength. So don't, you know, don't like spend too much money on beard cream. 
don't get your hair your hair and your nails done i swear to god like in pakistan they, they get like makeup in the in their men get makeup in their wedding some guy comes out with like rosy cheeks and stuff like that i told i tell my wife i'm like you should think a lot so much i'm not a perfect man but at least you married a man this one some of the weird sequins and like red turban and stuff you can't tell who the bride is man <laughs> Yeah. So the man is his beauty is in his strength. So yeah, don't 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 be too pretty uh, when you go to Juma either. Simple. What is what is beautiful for a man to go to Juma in? You wear white. You wear white. You should be clean. You should wear white. You should you know put on your white izar and your white kameez and your white turban and things like that. That's what's that's what's nice. That's what's nice. Uh There's a there's a story about inshallah we'll just stop right here inshallah there's a story about the the Amir Amir Amanullah the the king of Afghanistan and Afghani men pride themselves on being very manly men that he went and visited the Nawab of Lucknow uh, which is a, a princely it was a princely state in uh, uh, in in northern India where uh, culture was a little bit more uh, hmm, flowery. So this guy has a big, big turban and huge beard and like rough hands and, uh, uh, you know, mashallah, probably carrying a number of knives on him uh, uh, and a sword. He sees the Nawab of Lucknow, <laughs> a very thin, soft, cotton uh, 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 kurta, and uh, the, they don't wear the shalwar. They wear like uh, they wear like uh, pants that are a little bit tight around the uh, around the legs. And uh, um, you know, clean shaven with like all with with mustard oil in his hair and on his skin, and pan. Uh, you know what pan is? Pan is a disgusting habit of Desi people. It's good beetle nut. You chew it, and it makes your teeth red, and it makes your lips red as well. So he sees this like very slender, delicate man with shape fitted clothes and uh, uh, very soft shape fitted clothes and uh, red lips. And he has a, a cane, a silver cane in his hand. And he says to one of his advisors, <laughs> when, you, when you see a man, you should have heba, you shouldn't have shahwa. When you see a man, you should be in awe of him, you shouldn't feel confused. <laughs> <laughs> Allah Ta'ala help us. Allah Ta'ala help us. Wa sallallahu ta'ala rasulullah Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.